Good afternoon, ladies. Hi. And welcome to our Unlocked Luncheon. We're all um, excited and happy and joyful that you are here with us today. My name is Kimberly Williams and I will be your MC. And I am joyed um, to be here sharing in this lunch with you and worship with you and praise with you for um, the glory of God and the kingdom. So I want to start us off by um, saying a prayer, but first let me acknowledge where this is coming from and reading my devotionals this week. Um, I heard the Holy Spirit tell me that this is the season for us to make sure that we gain knowledge and what he's saying and being able to hear his voice and then using that knowledge to gain his understanding no matter what is going on around us, to be prepared to know that with his knowledge and his understanding, then ask for him to give us his wisdom. So I heard about knowledge, his knowledge, his understanding, and his wisdom. So in seeking out scripture pertaining to that, um, this is a part of that, what we're doing today as women being led by our um, mother, which, uh, Beverly Bilbo, <laughs> And our, um, I, I call, I used to call her my littlest baby, but she's like a second mother now that she is, has gained knowledge, understanding and developing wisdom daily um, in the Holy Spirit and the things of God. Um, I know that a lot of us are dealing with a lot of things, but today, today, but God, yeah. we're going to bask in him. Yeah. We're going to praise him. We're going to glorify him and the nuggets that are going to be dropped from our speakers. We're going to gain and extract his knowledge, get his understanding through the lens and eyes of what he wants us to understand. And then he will impart his wisdom and what to do with the word that we leave with today. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that you hear us, Father. I thank you, God, that as we receive your word today, as we receive your ministry, as the Holy Spirit is imparted in us, Lord, and you inhabit our praise, that we come from this with your understanding, your knowledge, your understanding, and your wisdom. Let us receive whatever it is that you will have us receive today, and let us go forth out into the world and share it in the way that you want us to share it. Give us your ears to hear, your eyes to see, and your heart to love, God. Let this mind be in us that is also in Christ Jesus. And we thank you right now. We give you glory as we receive. We anoint and we pray over our speakers. And we thank you right now, God. And if there's anything that is within us that is not pleasing to you, Lord, we ask that you uh, cast it down right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, for showing it, showing it to us and helping us to be delivered from it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. First on our um, program, um, we had to do some changes. But so right now, I think we're going to sing. Um, no. No. Oh, I'm sorry. Miss Mary, you have the floor. Ready? Let's just talk to Marquis. We were saying that when we get up to speak, it's not just words, it's experience. We're talking out of our heart. We walk this out. So we're not just telling you like 
when to do or how to do it or what to do. We're speaking this out of what we've gone through and what Christ has done for us. The scripture tells us in Luke 24, 32, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and why he opened up the scriptures to us? We are ignited with fire in our hearts simply as we talk to him. He opens up the word to us. Without the fire of God, you live without passion. The blazing fire of God captures your heart and sets you on fire for him. It keeps you hot and burning bright. Passion is the fuel in the fire of action. When our desires are filled with passion, it will bring about the greatest results. It will cause you to be as good as you can be. It will push you through difficult times because whatever it takes to make you better, that's what you want. Because of passion, you go above and beyond and you really don't care, you just push yourself. You will know that no obstacle can stop you. Nothing will get in your way. It ignites you, it accelerates you, and it adds value to the world. There is nothing more rewarding than doing what you are called to do. Christ places the power and the authority in the hands of the church. He urges the church that prayer and supplication and intercession to the Lord is to be made for all people, for prayer comes for all people. When our prayer, passion for prayer becomes the thrust of our ministry, then our churches will be unstoppable. Like Anna, she poured out of herself for years praying in the temple, leading up to the coming of the Messiah. In Isaiah 62, 6, it says, God sets watchmen who will cry unto him day and night and will not keep silent, but give him no rest until he establishes his own elect. As we know, the world is in a desperate situation right now, and the gap is broadening rapidly. The Lord expects us to intercede and stand in the gap and be a repairer of the breach. Abraham stood in for Lot. Moses stood in for Israel. Aaron stood in between the living and the dead. Jacob prayed all night long, wrestling with God until he blessed him. And like those, God wants to show us what intercession can do. God is still seeking for those who will stand in prayer for their families and friends and a nation so that he can raise them up. He's looking and waits for children to give themselves to the highest and the holiest of work. He's counting on the church to train up a great army of men and women fulfilling his word who will strengthen that army to take the kingdom by force. God is looking for those in this hour who will be distinguished by the greater works of Christ. We are about to be taken to the next level, and the key to being productive is to contend for the supernatural healings, fighting for the unseen war so Christ can heal. This requires faith, tenacity, and dedication. There is an attack on the intercessors of slumber, confusion, and mental fog and fatigue. Moses grew weary in prayer, but the priest held up his arm so that Joshua could fight the battle strong. God said, this is not a time to stop praying. It's not a time to quit. It's a time to get hold of God so the battle can be won. Some are saying, I feel overwhelmed. I'm going under. 
But Jesus said in the midst of the storm, you're not going under, we're going over. So don't get distracted. We must focus, the enemy has targeted you. We must be focused. The enemy has targeted you because he knows you hold strategic keys to unlock territories for the kingdom. Many are at the brink of breakthrough. So rise up, take up your sword. It's not the time to lay down your sword. Surround yourself with others and strengthen your stand. Joel seeks the crisis of the day. He is a realist who looks at life from a standpoint of the word of God. And he is saying, wake up, weep, call a fast, blow the trumpet in Zion, warn the people to assemble, to weep and repent and to pray. Believe God's promises and the Lord will fight for them and do great things. Yesterday, as I was awaking from my sleep, I saw a dream of a sudden blast and it was like an explosion with a red center. And it took me by my surprise and I went <gasps> like this as I caught my breath. I believe this represents the fire of God is coming upon the earth, a sonic blast. The red in the center is the heart of his love bursting with intensity for you and for me. He is awakening us and raising us up to decree to bring forth a great shifting, shaking, and arranging to prepare us for his revealing. Yes, they say it's the awakening, but it's our awakening, but his revealing. Nehemiah did not repair the walls all by himself. God wants to use you. You must release the power of God that is in you and he will not fail your prayers, they will prosper. You are being chosen for such a time as this to accomplish something special for the kingdom. This is a time of destiny. I decree that you will fulfill your potential. It may require more than you've expected to give, but in return will be more than you expected. So we ask the Father right now for your prayer warriors that they will come boldly and confidently without intimidation into your presence. Empower them, Lord, with your strength through the Holy Spirit. Give them a servant's heart and a desire and a passion to stand in prayer before you. I release a fresh baptism of your power and the fire of your love to come upon them so that they can accomplish more for your kingdom. Amen. So we meet twice a week at the church. We're having some powerful prayer meetings, and God is answering our prayers. So on Sunday morning at 1030, right before the service, you can come and pray with us, and then also on Wednesday nights at 6.30 at the Praise Church in Battery. Amen. Amen. Wow. Knowledge, understanding, wisdom. We thank you, Miss Mary. Um, so um, she mentioned an intercessor uh, called, uh, her name was Anna. And um, I don't know how many of you have ever been on our website, Praise Church of Louisiana, but we have saint groups and semesters. So we just wrapped up, Miss Vita Thompson and I wrapped up a saint group, Women in the Bible. And Anna was one of the women we studied. And just to give you a little background knowledge, about Anna, she has been documented in the uh, Word of God to be one of the most powerful um, intercessors uh, scripted in the Word of God. Um, she gave up a lot for God's people. Also, um, as Vita and I read, she was also 
the one that saw Jesus as a baby. So she, um, and when I say gave up a lot, she gave up a lot. She was a widow, didn't have any kids. She lived in the temple for 60 years, every day, interceding for God's people. So you talk about power. Now, of course, you know, it's a little different for a lot of us. We have jobs, we work. But if you know that you have the anointing on you, you were called to be an intercessor, rise up. We need you for the kingdom of God now more than ever. If you cannot rest and you're being um, uh, woken up at three and two and four o'clock in the morning, it is not indigestion. It is not insomnia. It is time for you to pray. So I urge you, please rise up we need intercessors more than ever and don't think you are not able to because if we go back into the word of god um there were a lot of people that weren't perfect uh that god called to lead and come out from among them a lot of them all of them actually that i've read so if you think you have to be a perfect person to to pray no that's not what intercessor that's not what intercessory prayer is about it's not a specific way you need to pray. It's not a specific format. You don't have to turn around three times, bow four, throw flower behind your back kind of thing. It's none of that. All you do is listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his needs and his instruction on who and what he tells you to do and say and pray about. And I promise you, he will lead you. You be open, he will lead you. So next on our... Um, Agenda, we have Miss Kia coming up to give a few words. Thank you. So I have a little something, a little testimony to go along with what Miss Kim just said about interceding for people. Um, the day before yesterday, I text a friend of mine that morning saying, Hey girl, two o'clock this morning, something woke me up and I prayed for you. So I just wanted you to know that somebody was praying for you. And she didn't answer me all day. So later on that evening, she called me. She was like, I just want you to know that God has really given you something because at two o'clock this morning, I was on my sofa crying, you know, and she shared with me that she found out that she has a brain tumor. But because of the business that she is in, she doesn't have time to take off because she has to take care of her family, to take off to have surgery for a brain tumor. So she's trying some medications and some different things. And she was like, so God told you to pray with me. And I just, I believe what you're saying. I don't consider myself to be like an intercessor. Like that's not a title that I would give myself, but I'm just grateful that God was able to use me for my friend at that time. So something that I wanted to talk to you all about is being a good friend. So on Mondays, we walk, Marquise, myself, and Denise, and we talk about everything. We talk about our families. We talk about our jobs. We talk about our feet. We talk about whatever. We talk about hair, everything. And so I talk, Marquise and Denise listen. They share. The other two people listen. We talk and we listen. And also that's our sync group on Monday, sharing strides. Come on out. Um, (laughs) And so we share and we listen and we talk. And when I talk to God, I talk and I talk and I talk and I talk, but I'm not listening. And so uh, last Sunday, Pastor Garland, as he was preaching, he was saying that sometimes you have to listen to the Lord. You have to 
harken your ear to him and listen to what he is saying to you. You can't just put everything out there. You have to listen. And so that's being a good friend because he's sticking closer than the brother. He is my father. So I know my daddy at home wants to listen to me. So I know my heavenly father wants to hear from me, but also wants to pour into me. Just how we pour into each other in our sync groups and in our friendships, we need the Lord to pour into us. So I was overwhelmed. I went to the Lord talking about my daughter's ACT score, about where she's going to go to college and what I'm going to do when my baby moves out of the house. I want some money. I want a house. All these things that I want and all these people that I want to be healed and all these people that I want to pray for. And I'm telling him all of this stuff. And once Pastor Garland said that we need to listen, I did my prayer and I said all of those things. And I was like, Lord, I gave you a lot. And now I need you to speak to my heart. And I just sat still. And that's the hardest thing in the world for us nowadays because you're not used to being still. My mind was racing with all of the things that I could do. Oh, I need to put that load of clothes on. I got to wash those dishes. My show comes on at nine. All of these different things that I'm thinking. But I sat still and I did my best to quiet my mind. Everything didn't leave because I was still thinking about some shoes that I wanted to order before the deadline on Amazon. But I sat still and I sat there. And the Lord told me something that I read in his word, be anxious for nothing. That was just that little piece because I can quote a million scriptures. I've heard a million of them. I got a million of them. My grandmother and my mother have been putting them into me since I was a little bitty girl. But that was just that little piece. Be anxious for nothing. Four words that moved, that moved the mountain inside of me, quite honestly. And so it was just the Lord telling me that I don't have to be anxious for those things because I have him, because he has me. And I don't have to be anxious about my daughter's ACT score because guess what? If she gets a five on the ACT, he's going to take care of her. If I don't get those shoes, guess what? Those weren't my shoes. My feet are too big for me anyway. He's, he, he just moved all of that away from me and I could feel it melting off of me. And I felt like a different person after that. I feel like I was walking different and talking different after that because he told me to be anxious for nothing. Now, I still have problems because I'm human, but I trust God. And I know that he is going to make sure that all of that works out for the good of those who love him. And I love him. And I know that he loves me. And that's the one thing. If I'm not secure in anything, if I'm sleeping in my car, I'm secure in knowing that the Lord loves me. And that is just one of those things that I have to keep reminding myself because even though I felt good in that moment, this morning, not so much, but I still have to keep reminding myself of that, you know, just how I tell my daughter every day, several times a day, a million times a day, how much I love her and hug on her and how much I want her to be happy all day. I have to keep telling that to myself and reminding me that my daddy in heaven wants me to be happy. He wants me to be fulfilled. He wants me to have all the things because I deserve all the things because he said I can have them. And so that is the things that we need to work on being a good friend to ourselves being a good friend to God, because just how we want to pour all of our stuff on him, he wants to pour into us. And we have to let the Lord pour into us. And sometimes that requires us to try and be still. And even if you have that little stuff extra swirling in the back of your mind, be still and let him talk to you. Let him wash over you. Let him soothe you. Kia, that was awesome, absolutely, and you are absolutely right, because I walked through the door reminded myself. <laughs> yes, it did not start out well, but I, I, one thing that I believe in is accountability, and no matter how I felt, 
I, I'm, I was showing up by whatever means necessary. I was going to get here. So I thank God for allowing that to happen. Um, next, we have Miss Ida. She's sharing. Thank you. And after Ms. Ida speaks, then we will eat. My name is Ida Molo, and I've been going to Praise Church for, since it started. And studying the spiritual man is one of the most incredible books I think I've ever read. It is imperative for us to recognize that without making a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, God can't even commune with us. The only way for us to grow is for us to grow through our spirit, man. The Lord says, there's a scripture that says, those that worship him must, must worship in spirit and in truth. He wants so much for us to walk like he. He says the things he did, we can do. The only way for that to happen is for us to grow up in our spirit man to where like Jesus, we agree with the word of the Father. And we're living in a day that the Lord wants to make us separate. We can't go the way of the world because the way of the world, they lean on their flesh. We have to build up our spirit, man, so that the spirit can lead us and guide us into all truth. But it, on Friday nights, we have a, a little study on the spirit, man, from 6 till like 7.30, 8 o'clock. You all are all welcome to come. If you're interested, get with me and I'll tell you where it is. But more than anything, the Holy Spirit is very sensitive. If my flesh gets in the way, he could only abide in a place that we prepare for him. Right. And he will leave and let me do my own thing if I don't make room for him. So... I encourage you, as I encourage myself, to walk sensitive and humbly before God. I know we have already started eating, but I just wanted to say a quick prayer over the food, and I'm sorry I shouldn't do that earlier. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this food that is nourishing our bodies. We thank you, God, for the people who prepared and who are serving. We ask that you bless them in the name of the Father. And we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Wow. We're going to continue with our um, luncheon and our program. What an awesome meal. I don't know about you, but I had like 42 cups of coffee sitting over there. <laughs> little side note <laughs> so I'm caffeined up <laughs> so um I was just before I introduce our next person um, I'm gonna take a couple of minutes to just tell 
you when I was talking to the ladies at the table um, about in reference to what I've noticed um, in the season that we're in with, I feel like God is really, um, there's a, a an outpouring that's about to happen. I really feel like, and I know, I know Kia talked about not being anxious, but, and I've never physically experienced pregnancy before, but I feel like in that last stage that I've noticed with women that have been pregnant and that are pregnant, just that expectancy of ready, being ready to deliver, like I'm ready to pop and burst at any moment. I feel like that's where we are. We're pregnant with so much promise and so many things that the prophets have, have been preparing us for that it's going to be birthed at any moment. Because I know a lot of us, a lot of people in my life, a lot, even myself, come against things now that, that come against you and you're like, that don't make sense. <laughs> that has to be demonic. You're like, <laughs> you know, it starts becoming obvious. And, the, you know, with the pressure and just the, the um, lethargicness, as Pastor Bev mentioned earlier, that the enemy is trying to think, Mary even mentioned it, lull us to sleep as the church and not move. Trying to fatigue us so much and not move. But I keep remembering as, you know, God reminds me of, you know, when she mentioned about um, with uh, Moses' arms being held up by Aaron and Joshua in the battle, even though he was tired, it was still being held up. We had to hold each other up. We have to move forward. But most importantly, when we hear the voice of God, we have to be obedient. So just in being revealed to me the details of Solomon's story, because I told you I have been reading deeply about wisdom and not unintentionally putting, you know, playing in the car, First uh, Kings 10 through 12, hearing about what Solomon had gone through in details and how adorned he was and how people were coming from all parts of the country to bless him and how the import export in his kingdom was phenomenal. And he was the wisest man in the world noted in the Bible. The wisdom was phenomenal just for him not to obey God and lose it all. Unbelievable. I did not know the details of that story until this week. So I, I'm saying all that to say that in all that we get in knowledge and understanding and wisdom, we have to apply it. We have to apply it. God told him not to marry unequally yoked women who did not worship, and this is me paraphrasing my understanding of it, who didn't worship the same God as, as he did. And he did because he had a lust that his father passed down. The sins of the father are passed down for generations. We got to realize that. Be mindful of what we do because it's about our seed. So the bottom line is he, even though he got honored when he made a promise to David about it and allow Solomon to continue living, but his, leg, his, his legacy was destroyed based on his disobedience. And he was disobedient. Because he did not stop himself from having that lust issue that he could have that his father passed down, marrying all these different women with all from all of these different countries with all of these different gods. And he started worshiping these gods as well, not making room for God, 
or being obedient to what God's word was. So when you move forward today, be mindful of your obedience and be mindful of what you're doing with your children in front of your children and when they're not even there. The legacy is still real. I tell people all the time, just because you don't believe in sowing and reaping doesn't mean it's not going to happen. So with that being said, we're going to move on. <laughs> A little bit more lighter. So next on the agenda is Miss Phyllis. Come and share with us. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I feel so blessed to be here this morning. I just thank God for Pastor Bev. Um, let me have a few remarks and ask her how long because I, I so I know how I, you know to adjust. So um, that being said, I just thank God for being here. I thank God for um, connecting with this ministry. Um, it's been a blessing. Um, I was at a point that I was just before God. Um, I do homeless outreach. Um, I'm an evangelist, and I do homeless outreach. And I was at a point um, about the time COVID started. I just, I just, you know how you just want to be whatever it takes. You want to be in the center of God's will. You don't want to be wondering if anything you're doing is not what you should be doing. And that's where I was. So I said, God, I'm going to stay right here till I hear from you because I need to be where you need me to be. And the Lord connected me with people. And um, in, in the process, I met Pastor Bev and um, her husband. And um, I just felt that connection. And so I, I've been coming, you know, because I've been blessed because of it. And I feel like it's, it's part of the plan of God, you know, for us to work together. And um, that being said, I'm really trying to, it's like, you know, a, a book this big, you're trying to cut through and give, give two pages out of that book. But um, I'm just happy to be here. Uh, right now, um, Pastor Bell asked me to speak about the outreach I've, I've started under the bridge. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me to do a Bible study. I was, I've been um, doing homeless outreach like four going on five years that... Um, I've been feeding the people like every other Saturday. Um, and I did that up until last year when um, some events come where I was I, I, I was speaking um, on a regular basis, ministering. And that particular day, it, it, it conflicted with, with the time that I had to feed the people. And it started a confusion. And um, I just got before God. I said, no, God is never in confusion. He's never in confusion. So I got before God. I said, I'm through with this. You, I need your guidance and your direction. So that's when I stopped feeding the homeless. And started now, I'm working towards help opening um, opportunities for them to find a place to stay. And God, in his goodness, blessed me to get a job that I work with the homeless. So, it, you know, so I, I, I feel so blessed of God because I'm doing the thing that I love to do. And um, it all started because I came here homeless. I had been married 22 years to a minister and um, working for herself. And God bless his business to really prosper 
a man that really sought God and all. And but sometimes prosperity, if you don't watch it, it's the snake yes. that's waiting to bite. And with prosperity, here come the women. When they find out a man have money, here come the women. And uh, at first he was he was not looking, but then he got bit. And when he got bit, he just act like he didn't have a family. And so after that, I still stayed with him um, because I was raised without a father. I didn't want my kids without a father. So I, I stayed with him until God said, that's enough. And when I left him, I left him because he was trying to kill me. And I came here, and I came here homeless. And I was homeless at Salvation Army about six months. And God blessed me. I had all my children were grown except one. He was back home. I came and got him. And uh, we started life together here. And I've been here ever since. He's now grown and gone. But um, God is good. And, and I had to say all that to say that's why, I guess that's why God gave me so much empathy for homeless people. Because people judge them. You yeah. see them and you don't know nothing about their life, right. but you automatically assume they're a drug addict, you know, they whine old, you know, like that, they're a prostitute. No, it's just somebody to, I mean, a lot of you here, be honest. Correct. If you left, if you did, if you missed two checks, where would you be? You know? So, but I just thank God that he put me there. And when I when I work with the people, I minister to them because everybody that comes to me, you know what I see when they sit in that in that chair. I see me. I see me when they tell me their story. I can feel some things. God bless me. It wasn't a hard, hard life, you know, being homeless. I wasn't under no bridges or nothing. But I know how I would feel if I had to be on a bridge. And then, and, and people come in there with their head down, thinking people don't, don't you know, feel like you're less than a person. Okay, I need to wrap it up. I, I have to judge you, uh, tell myself. I, I don't want to take too much time. But I wanted you to understand how I got into homelessness, working with the homeless, how much I love it. And God loves the homeless. You know, God loves the homeless. So I feel so much like I, I, I'm moving in the heart of God when I work with these people, when I show them the love of God. And I just thank God for every opportunity he presents me. And um, if if you knew my life too, you would know why I'm so grateful that he gave me this opportunity to work with the people. Uh, I, was gave, I, I was born chronically with chronic asthma. So, you know, I would miss automatically and miss so many weeks out of school fighting asthma sick. When I was in 11th grade, the doctors called my mom into the hospital room and gave me up to die. They said, if, 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 if it's anybody you want her to see, you need to call them now. But I'm here. Amen. Amen. By the grace of God, I'm almost 65 years old. Amen. So it's, it's such a blessing to me to be able to get up and I can breathe. Get up and I can function. Because I had little babies and I couldn't function. Amen. But God brought me that far. Amen. He brought me to where I am. And I have no plans to retire. I'm just thankful for the goodness of God. Thankful for the opportunity. And asking you all's prayers. Amen. You know, for me, for the work I do. Pastor Bev said, mention that somebody might, you know, be interested. But I have a warning for you. 
I had people that um, wanted to help serve the homeless. I was, I, I had a job. I used to work in apartment complex, event, plan, event planner and chaplain. And he said one day, oh, you know, I'm going to come with you. And I know him. If he came there, he was going to run off because I know his personality. And uh, I said, well, you'd be welcome to come, but you might want to think about it, you know, because God is calling you to go out there in the midst of you don't know what, and you don't know what smells, you don't know what attitudes, and all, but God is calling you to look beyond all of that and show them love. Yes. So it's a tall order. So I really don't ask people. I really, I tell people, and if the Spirit draws them, you do. So like, you know, when I was serving the people, I didn't, I didn't invite people, but the Spirit drew them. And this couple, well, this young lady um, in the church, she was very quiet, wouldn't say anything, but she wanted to come. So I said, sure. But I'm saying, she's quiet. She's not going to talk to the people. And um, she came. And and this is this is the truth. I have never seen anybody love with the love of God like this young lady. She loved those people so hard. God blessed me to witness a woman that was laying there almost dying. The spirit of death was on this woman. She she had turned black, and she was looked like gasping for breath. And my friend. This quiet lady came and loved on her and hugged on her and rubbed her down and prayed for her. And I saw the spirit of death leave this woman. Wow. I got on my knees. I said, God, I'm missing it. I don't have that kind of love, but I'm working on it. So I just thank God for every opportunity. It's a blessing to be here. Asking y'all continue to pray for me if the spirit moves you to want to work that way. You know, y'all, you're welcome. Amen. But make sure it's God because it's not easy at all. Right. It's not easy at all. And I just thank for the opportunity to have words and you all continue to pray for me. On the corner, right? I want to read the cards to Haley. Mm -hmm. And Miss Phyllis, wow, wow, wow. Thank you for sharing your, your testimony. Um, trust me, Miss Phyllis is not joking when she says that helping the homeless is not for the weak. It is not. Um, I, too, thought that, that that's what I was supposed to do. And as you said, not being familiar with, um, you don't know what you're walking out. It's the world. So, yeah, actually, you know, we already know what's in the world. Um, if they were like the body of Christ inside the church, and that's where they would be. But they're not. It's the world. So be make sure you hear from the Holy Spirit because it is going to be an eye-opener and it's going to be shocking. I've served a few times at Ozanam Inn with um, Bruce James, who also works at Ozanamen, and it's, it's hard. It's hard to not even have those spirits connect themselves to you if you have familiar spirits in the past. It's very hard. So um, make sure that you are prayed up if that's what you're going to do, because it's not for the weak. Absolutely. So next will be Marquise. <laughs> 
Miss Phyllis, that was amazing. I just want to point that out. Thank you so much for being a light. Thank you so much for encouraging others to be a light in darkness. And we just pray God's blessings, his protection, his guidance on you. Lord, we just thank you, God, that even as she, go, as she goes, as the, there's angels in camp around about her, Father. Father, I thank you that you're speaking your word, that your Holy Spirit is flowing through her, God. And Father, that she is literally snatching people from the gates of hell. Lord God, we thank you, Lord, for that. Lord, we pray a hedge of protection over her in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm sorry, I just had to take that moment because I was just so moved by that. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. And I'm going to come down in a second to join you and to look at these lovely things that you do. But you are going to take a paper and a pencil. My name is Marquise. I am an outreach pastor at Praise Church, but also I, by, I'm a teacher. So it is much easier for me to teach than um, to preach. So I will teach um, the same way that I teach my kiddos at school. So you're going to do something. So I want you to take a moment. You're going to have a minute to do this. So give me a thumbs up if you have a pen. Pen, pen, pen. Yay. Hopefully they work. <laughs> Dollar Tree, Dollar Tree. Raise your hand if you ever bought something from a Dollar Tree. <laughs> so it may or may not work. If not, we're going to chalk it up to the Dollar Tree. Okay. All right. So you're going to have a minute. And I want you to, in this minute, on the sheet of paper, now you got to commit to this one thing. I also make my kids make all kinds of commitments all day, but this is your one commitment. You cannot get another card. This is your card. That's not the scary part, but I'm just telling you, this is your card. Okay, so I want you to take a moment, even before you start drawing, I want you to imagine your dream home. Don't, you know, no limitations here. Include the yard, go all out, okay, take a minute. So a real minute, draw as much as you can on this card. All right, take like 30 seconds to show people, talk to the people around you about your lovely little home. Talk to them about it. Okay, let's take five more seconds. I'm gonna wrap it up five, four, three, two, one. All right. I have two tables eyes. I have a few conversations that are drawing to an end. <laughs> as we make it all the way there. My teachers in the room say amen. Because you already know. Okay, so this is, okay, you have your card. And so you drew your dream house, you got to share it with people. I mean, that's really amazing. Um, now I need you to do something else with this same card. On the same side, you're not flipping it over, this is your card. You need to take what you wrote and create your dream ship. Yeah, so that same card, you're not flipping it over, take what you have and make it into a yacht, a cruise ship, I don't know what it is, take what you have. Yeah, some people are looking at me like, what is she saying? Yes, <laughs> take what you have and make that into your dream ship. This time I'll give you 30 seconds because you already have stuff. Yeah, you're gonna write it, you're gonna draw it so that it looks like your dream ship. 
on that piece of paper. And y'all were quiet when we said house, but now all of a sudden it's like, wait, what? What did she say? What is she making us do? Okay. <laughs> I see some people making some rearrangements, coloring some things in, <laughs> having a retro, <laughs> changing what was a room into something else. <laughs> Enjoy trying to put a ship on top of the house. <laughs> Just in case the house is Noah's Ark. There you go. All right, you take about 10 seconds to finish that on up. Good job, good job. Okay. All right, so we're going to come back to this thought. So hold on to that thought, but we're going to come back to it. I'm just going to read you a scripture. We actually did this scripture um, in children's church. I've heard it in the main service, but this is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sins which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before us endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, how many people say, you can say, I receive instruction from the Lord through prayer, right? His voice through reading the Bible. That's how you receive your instructions for the Lord. And so for the sake of this analogy, I gave you instructions, right? You, you remember I told you to draw a house and I told you to draw a boat. And so we know that Christ is the author and the finisher of our collective faith, right? That's what the scripture said. So that's like, as a Christian, we believe that. And then our individual faith walks. So I have to believe that Christ is walking with me. And that's why he says, I think in that scripture for Hebrews, it says, let us. We have to have faith that he is. Regina, you have faith that God is, right? We have faith that God is. Because it says in Hebrews 11.6, which is right before that, because without a but without faith is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So let's circle back to the analogy. What if I said that Christ was the author and the finisher, but you're the illustrator? Just saying, you drew a picture. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Okay. So we take our direction from God. He provides us with the vision. We see what he said. I told you to draw a house, you draw a house. I told you to draw a boat, you drew a boat, right? And so we have to hear what he says and we have to take that direction. God guides our path. He tells us what to do. Um, how do I know God guides our path? You know, if you think about in Matthew, when the devil came to Jesus, right? And he actually quotes Psalm 91 as a source of uh, temptation because he knew it was true, right? You know, in Psalm 91, 11 and 12, it says, for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. And in their hands, they should bear you up, lest you dash your foot up against the stone. And so that's a prayer that I pray over my family every day. We pray Psalm 91 protection, but you know, God is guiding our path. Now, here's the question though. Look down at your lovely piece of art. <laughs> all right, so what happens when the illustration of what God has for your path and spoke to you for your path and what your life looked like mm -mm. is two different things. When it's two different pictures, you know. I'm pretty sure what you drew was not what you intended when I said it was your dream house, right? Like what you're looking at now might be a little messy. 
right? It was two wonderful things. I'd love a dream boat, I'd love a dream house, but what you got in front of you is a little messy, right? So, you know, how many people, and be real, be honest with me, because I heard your voices. How many people got frustrated when I told you to draw something new? Okay, right? Or something different than what was intended, than what you thought from this one little thing. There's frustration that sets in. And so I know that there's people in this room, because <laughs> I'm one of them, that might feel frustrated or troubled when the picture that you look in the mirror is not the same picture that you see, that you know that God has spoken for you, right? When you look at your house, you look at the bank account, you look at family members, it may not line up with what you know God has for you. And there's some people in here who may have started on the same page with the Lord. So you're, you know, he's the author, he's the finisher, he's writing out your story and you're drawing it right along and you're there. But then you started writing some other words or drawing a few other little pictures. And those pictures turned into sentences and those sentences turned into chapters. And now you need like an index or a table of contents to get back to where your story was supposed to be. Right. Because you don't know where you are, right? right? And you may want to delete some words and tear out some pages. I know there's some pages that I wish were undone, right? But here's the key. We, we look to Jesus. We have to set aside the sin because he endured the cross and sits at the right hand of the Father, pleading our case for any sin, right? For any sin. He died for it all. We have to diligently seek him. We have to follow after him. People expect for you to have it all together. I think that's, you know, the biggest thing for, I look at my children, the children I teach, my, my almost teenage daughter, people expect for everything to be perfect, right? But we have weight, so it's like, how do you reconcile this, you got to look perfect, you got to be perfect, you got to do all these things, but when you look in the mirror, when you're by yourself, there's some weights, there's, there's things that bind you. You know, God knows the pressures. He knows the fear, Specifically, the fear that I was circling around, I felt in my spirit was the fear of what could have been or what should have been. Because, you know, when you tell a story, that's your happily ever after, right? That's the happily ever after that you're always wanting, right? And we have to surrender all. We have to surrender our disappointments, our fears, and be real with him. It's not just the, well, I know that's sin and I'm not going to do that. But what about the disappointment that you carry around? Right. The disappointment and the the uh, the fear, you know, that it's not going to turn out the way that you desire. But when you diligently seek the author, which according to Strong's Concordance, talks about an author, and that scripture means that a chief leader, the author, the captain, the prince, you're going to find your path. You're going to find the way. You're going to hear the Father's call and His guidance for you to step into the next, and then your next step, and then your next step. And then your next step, right? Just seek him. I'm going to close with Psalm 51, 10, and 12. Because the question that we have here is how do we get on the right path? You know, how do we make this picture be what we need this picture to be? How do we walk in what God has for us? How do we address the fact that disappointment does come? And today's picture may not look like what you envisioned it at the beginning of 2021, right? But that doesn't mean that God has left you. And it doesn't mean that you've done something that you're way too far from his arms. You're never too far from his arms. The enemy wants you to believe that so that you'll stay where you're at. But he's there. In Psalms 51, 10 and 12, it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. 
and uphold me by your generous spirit. And for some of us, that's what we just have to read. He's not taking his Holy Spirit away from you. There's nothing that you can do to separate you from the love of God. And if you're on a chapter that you are not pleased with, seek him. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. You're the illustrator. You, you get to create this picture of what it looks like. But he's the author. He's the finisher. So we're going to pray really quickly. Lord God, I just thank you so much. God, I thank you for these lovely, wonderful women, God. Father, the, the joy that I have in building a relationship with many of them, Lord God, you have even more joy to commune with them, just as Kia said, to be their friend, Lord. Father, I pray that you give them a picture of what you have for them in their life, Lord God, and let it not be able to be disputed or refuted. There's nothing that we can do to separate from your love, oh God. Father, we pray, God, that you create in us a clean heart, God. And Father, the clean heart might be just washing away disappointment, washing away fear, Lord. God, we just thank you, Lord, God, that the pictures that we are creating for our lives as we walk through it is what you have for us, oh God. Father, help us to walk forward and not to carry the weight of the past. God, the things that so easily beset us, Lord God, let us let it go, God, and walk forward with you, Lord. Let our heart be clean and pure before you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. So let's give a round of applause for all the door prizes. All right. Next we have Miss um, um, Bethany Resmussen. Thank you, Miss Kim. Thank you, Miss Kim. You always do such a great job. I Um How's everybody doing? Are y'all enjoying today? Getting all this ministry with a powerful, every lady that shares has just been so amazing. And it's just been right on time. And um, we're, we are going to have um, a time of prayer and altar ministry before we conclude today. And uh, Pastor Bev's going to come and share. I'm just going to start off. But um, I just want to pray real quick. Lord, we just thank you for your power. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that is here, God, and that you have targeted our hearts today with the words that have come forth thus far. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for healing, for deliverance to take place, God, in this atmosphere of believers. God, we just thank you, God, that we're going forward in you. We give you all control in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I'm going to, in my portion, I just want to talk about this, is that, you know, during seasons of chaos, God always provides an escape for his people. Amen. When we go through chaotic seasons, go through, uh, you know, difficult moments in our life, God always provides an escape for us. And the success of our transition from chaos to order, it all depends upon our willingness to obey the voice of the Lord. And, you know, that's how we are able. Some people get stuck in chaos. They stay in chaos actually get comfortable in chaos because they do not want to obey what God is saying in that difficult season. When God provides an opportunity for us to, to escape that chaotic time in our life. And so, you know, the foundation of a believer's faith is in, encircled around what's next. You hit on our next, Pastor Marquise, about, you know, and that is encircled around, that's everything about a believer, you know, because what's next, you know, we're, we, we know that Christ is coming back, you know, and everything that we go from glory to glory to glory, we go from what's next, what's next to what's next. And so we always anticipate, you know, in our faith walk, we anticipate whatever is next. We are never satisfied and never should be satisfied 
with where we are. You know, a lot of Christians are complacent. They're comfortable, and they're just staying right where they are, and they're not going where God's called them to go. They're comfortable coming in and occupying, you know, space in a sanctuary, in a chair, without any motivation to do anything with what God has already called them to do or prophecies that they've already been given to pursue them. Prophecies are great. I'm all about them. We believe that. We believe in the fivefold ministry. We are active, active in that in this in our church. And but the thing about it is, is we don't need another prophecy until we start doing what, what we're supposed to do with already what's already been prophesied into our life. And because that's what's next. There's something for us to do, what God has called us to do. You know, you might say, you know what? God's prophesied, you know, have all these prophecies that have been saying, you know, this and that, whatever. And I don't know how. Well, what are you doing to make? Yes, God is going to, he is the finisher, you know, but what are we doing in that sketch? What are we doing to obey and to, to be faithful in what he has called us to do? Many believers reject their next because they refuse the test. They, you know, you're going to go through a test anyhow. You know, there's no there's no going around it. But what helps us to pass that test is to hear the voice of the Lord of what his instructions are for us to do to complete that test. We become empowered by the hope of what is next. You know, um, failing the test of obedience, it actually blocks the promotion of God. That when we go through, we're, you know, my dad said this recently, and, and I've heard many other ministers say this a lot, is that, you know, when we become uh, allow the Holy Spirit, allow Jesus to come and to live in our in our life. And Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they come and actually live within us. They dwell within us. We're the temple of the Lord. Um, and we house them. That it doesn't mean that I'm not going to go through stuff. Right. It means that I'm going to still go through stuff, but I am equipped with the ammunition to overcome any obstacle that without the Lord that I would not be able to overcome. Amen. I want to, my text, if you have your Bible, if you have notes, I encourage you to, to take notes. Um, and Genesis chapter 19, give me one second. Genesis chapter 19 is main portion of my text. I'm going to talk about it. Then we'll go to scripture and then I'll talk about it. But in the setting of Genesis chapter 19, sexual perversions were blatantly overtaken Sodom and Gomorrah. Some of us are very familiar with this story. But those who are not, I'm just going to go over it real quick. Due to this, God sent two angels to destroy the city, right? To destroy the city with fire. I'm going to pick up with verse 15, and it says this. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hand and the hands of his wife and of his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to them. As soon as they had bought, excuse me, brought them out, one of them said, flee for your lives, don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountain or you will be swept away. By the time Lot reached Zor, the sun had risen over the land. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah. For the Lord out of the heavens, thus he overthrew those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation of the land. So it's completely known. Like it's, it's, you know, there's no more city. God is destroying it. And God sent those two angels to save Lot and his family and brought them out. And that's what the angels saying, don't look back. 
We're taking you and took him by the hand. The angels taking him by the hand. And we're taking the whole family. We're leaving. We're getting out. And I want to skip down to uh, verse 26. And this is where the focal point is today. But Lot's wife looked back. And she became a pillar of salt. You see, God provided a way of escape for them, for his people. You know, when you study it out, it's by the prayers of Abraham that saved Lot. You know, it was, you know, don't tell me there's no power in prayers. Just don't tell me that even though your kids, your grandchildren may not be serving the Lord, don't stop praying for them because it's your prayers that's going to protect them and provide a way of escape for them in times of chaos. Amen. And so it provided uh, an escape for them. However, not everyone was able to walk in that provision due to disobedience. The enemy's agenda has never changed. Even from that day until now, his, his agenda has never changed. His tactic, tactics today are strategically to steal our focus. What are you focused on? You know, it's so easy to get caught up in all the sin and seeing the sin. You know, I'm not necessarily, although that does apply also, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, getting caught up in living in a lifestyle, all that applies, it applies. But I'm talking about hearing and seeing things that are going on. We can get so focused on that that we're forgetting the way of escape That's right. to go to our next. That we're so focused on all of the drama and all of the stuff that's going on and that we cannot see that the angels are grabbing our hand to lead us out. And we, we want to, so, you know, we're just so, we got to get our focus. And if the enemy can steal your focus, he doesn't have to do anything else. He has to do, it makes his job easy because all he's got to do is steal your focus. And that's all. And so our next, our next, when we're talking about glory to glory, there's always a next in our faith walk with God. Our next will expose those who have been harboring secret sins in their life and who have disqualified themselves from walking with us into our future. When the door of opportunity comes for you to go to your next, when the escape of chaos comes into your life, for you to leave an atmosphere or to leave torment or to leave fear, anger, anxiety, whatever it is. And God provides an opportunity for you to escape. There are those that you thought would be with you to, for the long haul. But because of the sin that they have allowed in their life, it causes it to manifest. And you begin to realize, oh, I, either, I have a choice. Either I'm going to continue to walk and go forward to my next. Or I'm going to stand here holding somebody else's hand. I'm going to stand here holding on to a dead thing. I'm going to stand here holding on to a pillar of salt. We have a choice to make. If we're going to stand still and allow other people's addictions and sinful lifestyle that they refuse to obey the voice of the Lord. To hold us back. Which then we're guilty by association. Even if we haven't even dabbled in those things, we are guilty by association because now we have disobeyed what God is providing for us to go to the mountain, to go to Zor, to go to another place. The next will expose those who have secretly broken covenant with you. How can you, I mean, can you imagine Lot? This is his wife. <laughs> and, you know, they have children together, you know, and, and, I'm sure that he thought that they were going to go to the next place together. I don't know if he was aware. The word doesn't say if he was aware that there was sin in her life. But it was exposed 
on the day of escape. He had a choice. I can't imagine that he had to let her go. And sometimes, ladies, we've got to let some things go. If we are wanting so we got to let some relationships go because their lifestyle, because of their choices in their life, the decisions and the secret sins that they're harboring, our life for righteousness and striving to be holy because the Lord says, I am holy, be holy. And we're striving for that. No, we're not perfect, but we're striving for that. And it convicts and shows up other people's intentions when breakthrough is at the door. She allowed the sinful environment to pollute her spirit and become one with her. Therefore, she looked back, even though God provided a next for she and her family. She was included in that. (laughs) She was included in the provision and blocked the promise of God because of looking back to what was in her. You know, we can become comfortable in an environment with anything. And I'm going to hit on that in a minute. But her lack of focus and disobedience caused her to miss her promise. I don't know about you, but I don't. If there's any relationship in my life that that is going to hold me back, I, I, I want to, even though how difficult that it may be, I want to be willing to let it go. Because I'm not going to, I ain't going to hell for nobody. I ain't going to miss God's promise for nobody. I I haven't gone through everything that I've gone through in this life to miss my next, to miss what God has for me. You know, there's several symbolic and prophetic meanings in the Bible when it comes to salt. One of which means deep relationships. Salt represents deep relationships. It also represents covenant. Now, like I said, there's a myriad of different representations of salt. That's just one of them. But she broke her covenant with Lot when she made a covenant with disobedience and sin. Truth be told, it happened long before the escape route. It was in her. It was in her. She couldn't leave the city that was being destroyed because it was in her. You know, and there's some people that as much as you preach to them and as much as you pray for them and as much as you can lead them to deliverance and you can lead them to an opportunity for victory, it has to be their choice it has to be and we have a choice that yes we can still reach out yes we can still minister to them but i am not going to hell for them i'm not going to stay with them i'm not going to live in neutrality i'm going forward and what god has called me to do i'm going to my next lot's wife clearly made a covenant with what she saw her focus she looked back Be careful what you choose to focus on in seasons of chaos. Last year was a season of chaos. Amen? We we had to be careful what we focus on during seasons of chaos. What we focus on, we eventually begin to make covenant with. We make covenant with that. You can make covenant with anything. When you understand the realm of the spirit, you will realize the importance to protect what you see. Because what you see has a connection to your soul. In our house, and I was raised the same way, we don't watch just any movie. I I don't allow, we protect what we see. Because we understand that our eyes are a gateway 
to our soul. I'm not even commercials, you know. We're not going to just leave it on just, uh, you know, and not monitor the commercials. Because there's some commercials, all you need is just a few seconds. And it's like, I feel like I have just been violated by a commercial I just saw. You know? (laughs) But we've got to protect. And we can't be comfortable. Just become comfortable. Because that's what the world is telling us, to be comfortable and to celebrate this lifestyle. And to, to accept this and all of this stuff. You see... She became accustomed to the world's view. She was living in a sinful environment. The things that once caused her spirit to cringe were now no longer uncomfortable for her. You know, certain things that we see, it should, does does the Holy Spirit within you still cringe when you see those sinful things? Or, well, you know, it's okay. I'm I'm comfortable with that now because I've seen that before. Because I've seen that. Because the more that we see and the more that we tolerate with what we see, then we begin to desensitize the voice of the Holy Spirit within ourselves. So then no longer do we feel or hear that cringing when we see that. It doesn't mean that I am not going to reach out to those people. So don't misunderstand. But we have to have that sensitivity in the spirit to be sensitive to demonic spirits principalities, rulers that are in the area. And the way that that comes with a lot of different things, one of the ways that it comes with is protecting what we see. And allowing us to still feel with the Holy Spirit. You know, so when you entertain things with your eyes, you soon become numb to it. You know, pornography is such an addictive thing. Pornography, we always want to look at men and just point to the men for pornography. And yes, okay. But there's women that deal with pornography too. And you know what? It's all about what you see, what you're looking at, what you look at, and then you imagine, and then it goes from there. We have to protect our eyes because then we open up doors for sin to take over to where that it's rooted in our life that when God has an opportunity for escape, we don't want to go because we're so tied to the addictions. We're so tied to the anger. We're so tied to the fear. We're so tied to pornography. We're so tied to, you know, all this stuff. But Bethany, you don't understand because, I mean, I opened those doors when I was a young girl and, you know, and it was just at a sleepover and they were just passing around a magazine and, and I didn't mean for that to happen, but it, and now I'm addicted. Now it's destroying my marriage and now it's destroying. I don't want my kids to have this, but you know what? There is deliverance for you. There is freedom for you over every addiction. And it comes through Jesus Christ. It comes through allowing him to prune you and to cleanse you. But it's got to start with first understanding you've got a problem. You know, Linda Bond is preaching in September or speaking. Well, maybe she is preaching, but she's teaching us a session on um, dysfunction starting in September and talking about how to break addictions. I'm going to tell you what, there's so many... Christians who are addicted, that we need to have the understanding in the mind. Once you have the understanding in the mind, you can incorporate that in the spirit. Because a lot of times, oh, we want to make everything so magical and spiritual and whatever like that. And it is. But we've got to understand how to break it, too. We've got to understand first that we have a problem. That's the first step to deliverance. Anyway, that was a lot extra than what I wanted to share. But so she tolerated the world. Sin doesn't just happen, it is welcomed. And it takes root in your life and controls you. You know, what is tolerated of the world will infiltrate into your home. 
And then once it's in your home, it soon will be celebrated. It'll soon be celebrated. Genesis 4, 7 says sin lieth at the door and it desires to have you. It's waiting. It's just waiting. <laughs> it's just waiting to, it's praying on you, P-R-E-Y, praying on you, waiting to pounce on you, to have you. There are certain television programs, like I said, we won't watch. We won't have some certain conversations, you know, that we will not get involved in. Because why? Because that's not pleasing. That's not going to do anything good for me because I know that Satan's waiting. He's waiting. And whenever he wants to get in my, in my life, then, you know, he's, it's going to try to hand down to the next generation and to the next generation. So I've got to protect myself. I've got to protect my spirit. I've got to protect my soul so that there is no way, so that there's no sin in me that can hold me back. So there's no sin in me that can be found in me. Satan plays for keeps. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, therefore, come out from them. Come out from them. Be ye separate. <laughs> Be ye separate. Where, why is this that this is a hard thing for even believers to choose now, nowadays? That we're supposed to come out from among them, come out from the world, and to be separate. Meaning that I will not right. accept what the world is trying to cram down my throat to accept. I'm going to love you. I'm going to pray for you in your sinful lifestyle. I'm not going to come at you and attack you, you know, and throw all the tracks at you and all that stuff. But I will not accept that lifestyle. I will love you. I'll pray for you. I'm not going to preach at you and attack you, but I won't accept. The line has been drawn because it is not. See, once we begin to tolerate those things, then it begins to desensitize the Holy Spirit's voice in our life. Once you begin to accept sin in, the, in society, which is being pushed and forced on you, then it becomes a part of you. And sooner or later, you are uncomfortable with, without it being in your everyday surrounding. You become uncomfortable. Lot's wife was uncomfortable because they were going to a new place. She was comfortable in, in a sinful environment because it was welcomed. It was seen outside the home. Then it was welcomed in the home. Then it was celebrated. We cannot allow the world to come into our home. We have to be separate. Anyway, I was, a lot more to skip down. Like I said, you know, we got fam, family members, friends. You know, I have family members that are not serving the Lord that were at one time. That were at one time. They're not serving the Lord. They're in the clubs. They're doing God knows what. Do you know what? When I see them for holidays, I'm not going to preach at them. Hey, were you at church? Um, you know, well, what are you doing? You know, well, you know, you raised in church. You know how all this go. No, because what is that going to do? But you know what I do is I love them. That's right. And I live the life. I'm not perfect. I make mistakes, but I live the life and, and pray for them every single day. Call out their name every single day. And, and But they know the standard that I have. And they know the line that's been drawn of things that I will not tolerate in my life. And, and that says something to them, you know, without me having to say a word. You know, you don't have to go and preach at them. It's not effective. You can preach them. Let me, okay, you know, I'm a preacher. So preach them. I'm talking about you can share and share love with them, but not to come and attack them. That's not the Christ we even, like, we're in the world. Other than the only time that you see Jesus was getting a little bit rough was the church, was the Christians. So why do we think that, you know, I don't know. Anyway, whatever. It aggravates me so bad because it's like nobody wants your Jesus because that ain't Jesus anyway. That ain't my Jesus. 
Okay, soul ties. You know, a soul tie is an emotional connection or bond with another person that unites you in a deeply, a deep and very significant fashion. Yes, it happens through sex. Yes, it happens in even uh, not in sexual ways, where that you can have totally platonic relationship, um, you know, somebody else, and we have a soul tie. I have a soul tie with this church, with this ministry. You know, I have a soul tie, you know, uh, you know, with my parents, with other people in this room. We have a we have a soul tie. There's positive and then there's negative soul ties, you know. And I, this is not a whole sex class, okay? But because when you hear soul ties, most people who've heard those teachings, it is most definitely, most definitely, 100%. If you've had multiple sex partners, well, you need to undo all those soul ties because there, your soul is connected to all of those people. Come on in, come on. And um, we're gonna talk about sex. That's what's drawing them in. Okay, come on, let's grab a chair. All right, talk about the soul ties. In fact, the number one reason why many Christians miss their spiritual destiny, the number one reason, y'all, why many Christians they miss their spiritual destiny is because of the impact of deep negative relationships with each other. Miss your call. Because of deep relationships, not only, not, not, I'm talking about even just a friend, you know, not, not in an intimate manner, but yes, that, if that applies. But it's when, when you are not, you know, like Lot and his wife, that's the whole reason for that whole statement, is because it shows you how that there needs to be a separation. If people are not, they can't come to you next. They disqualify themselves because of what is in their life. Soul, soul ties are not always negative. God himself created us and used positive soul ties. We have a soul tie with the Lord. We should have a soul tie with the Lord. Um, anyone who does not respect your assignment from God, listen to this. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. Anyone who does not respect your assignment from God disqualifies themselves from a close relationship with you. Yes. They are disqualified. If they don't understand what God's called your, you to do, well, then see you. Leave, I'm leaving. Leaving that salt alone, baby. Keep walking. Because if they don't understand, they're never going to understand. Stop trying to explain. Stop trying to force them to understand when they can't understand. They don't, they don't understand. Let's talk about rejection. Because I can imagine the rejection that Lot had to have felt. Like, how were we not on the same page? We slept in the same bed together. You know, we had family together. You know? How? I mean, uh, that's a rejection. I, I would think um, that I would feel that way, right? We must understand that when relationships end, it is not that they are rejecting us as a person. Stop taking it so personally. You know, that's one thing that God is still delivering me from is, is rejection. Rejection. That people, When people come and when people leave your life, it's not always a personal thing. It's just that they're not going where I'm going. Right. It's not about Bethany as a person. Right. So I can release that spirit of rejection that's trying to attach itself to me that then prevents me and holds me back. Yeah. But I've got to understand that they're truly rejecting God's path for my life. They yeah. cannot walk in the path that God's called me to. So it's stop holding it on as a personal thing. Yeah. They're not rejecting you. Right. Yeah. They're rejecting God's plan for you yeah. because they can't walk with you. And that's okay with you. Right. It's gonna be all right. It, it will take some time to heal, but it's gonna be okay. You see, due to their soulish compromising conflict within their lives, 
They are unable to escape chaos and possess the promise because of the addictive sin behavior which has shackled them into captivity. God always provides opportunity for repentance and deliverance. Amen. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that you always offer an opportunity for us. But when it is deliberately refused, then we have to make that choice. I'm going to stand here holding hands and forfeit my opportunity to escape. Or I'm going to release them. And I'm going to keep on walking. You know, yes, there are times where, you know, my mom's women's conference years ago was delivered to, to deliver, which we even at this hotel years ago, those ballrooms out there. We have been delivered to deliver others, and we have. The Great Commission, we are to spread the gospel, go to the hurting. You know, Jesus hung out more with the sinners than he did the believers. It tells us something. We are to reach out to people in love and to and to reach out to them. But you cannot force someone to be delivered. I had somebody call the ministry the other day, and they were asking me questions. Would y'all do deliverance ministry? And I'm thinking, okay, that could go like so, like, I don't know. You know, like, some people go way off, Miss Mary. You, and I know you know. Like they go, and it's like, okay, so how do I answer this question, you know? And so I'm like, well, we, we do offer deliverance ministry. Well, do y'all have a team of, I said, yes, we do have people that are in our church that are capable of casting them out. Line them up and cast them out, okay? And uh, we have a whole team, we're ready. Come on, bring them, bring them, we got them. And uh, so she was at, she's like, well, you know, and well, do y'all, you know, some people believe, and I'm not knocking this, this is just not where I come from or our belief system as a house. Some people believe that you have to know the, de- the demon's name in order to cast it out. Right. I do believe that God will give you insight and tell you at times for, in, in those scenarios. But I, don't, I think that when you're walking in Christ's authority, you don't have to know what the name of it is. They just got to get out. And so I was explaining that to the lady, and she was totally understanding everything else because, like, I don't know. Hope it's going okay and it okay. Pass the test. Yeah. And so it was all good. You know, but 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 I and I also began to tell her, but we can't, she's like, well, I have a daughter who's dealing with such and such and she needs deliverance. I'm like, that's great, bring her. But we also don't believe that like they have to they have to be willing. Because if they're not, the word says that seven more. Cast on one, you got seven more, you don't feel that void. And if they're not willing, I mean we've been to places, you know, New Orleans hamburgers. I mean we went and then several other places, like after school, dad would go bring us, you know, because uh, to go eat. And then we'd go to um, uh, County Drive and hang out at church, you know, until church starts on Wednesday night, you know. And so we went to uh, New Orleans Hamburgers, and because God's all up in that, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> and, um, and, and there's manifestations, the person that's giving us our food, like, okay. Or, or maybe that was a different way. I went to Walmart, and then the lady at Walmart is checking us out, starts growling at my mom. And then, oh. so then the managers start coming, we're like, this is just a normal thing. Sorry, you know, this is good. It, it, but we can't cast a demon out right there. They were manifesting demonically because of the presence that we carry, because we're carriers, and I love all that, just so you know. You know, I'm crazy and all wild about that, because that, that's where the excitement is, amen? Salvation is, is awesome, and, I, and I'm so glad it's the first step. But when you step into the realm of the supernatural, things yeah. begin to change, yeah. and it is so exciting. And so when we carry the presence of the Lord, there are some people that can't handle your presence. And if they're not willing for deliverance, it's time to keep walking. Let them go. Let them go. Okay, um, Ruth chapter 2, 
Don't go there, I'm just going to tell you about it. There was a famine in Bethlehem, and everyone was fleeing for their lives. You remember this story? The famine was not only a tragedy, not the only tragedy that Naomi was dealing with, but then, do y'all remember? In the whole course of everything, she lost her husband, she lost her two sons, and she's left with, with uh, yeah, the daughter-in-laws. And so, you know, I mean, that's horrible. There's a famine. We're trying to leave. We're trying to go find food. We're trying to, you know, and then I'll lose everything, every source, you know, all that stuff. But anyway, that's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. Where I'm trying to get to is, is that she's talking to her, her daughters-in-law, and she urges her two daughters-in-law, go back to your people. Go back home. And Orpah left, but Ruth stayed. And if people in your life walk away, let them go. Let them go. Let them go because they are not assigned to your next. And they must go because you they're going to hold you back. As you're sharing, you know, not... No, you weren't saying it that plain, but in some way it relates, you know, that some people make sure you know what you're getting into. Because right. you don't want to be held back. Right. You want to do what God's called you to do. Right. You know? And so there are people that you stop trying to convince the Orpahs in your life to stay with you. Right. Stop trying to convince Orpah yeah. that you have value. Yes. Know your value. Yes. Your destiny is not tied to the person who left. Right. Let them walk. Yes. Stop yes. calling them and trying to convince them of who you are. Let them go. Let them go. There came a point where not only did Naomi have to let go of her loved ones that wanted to leave her, but also came to a place within herself where she needed to also let go. She had to be okay with, okay, Orba left. Well, you know what? I'm not going to hang there. I'm going to let that whole situation go. God is looking for women who are willing to take territory. It's time to stop mourning over dead covenants. Amen. It's time to, it's time to stop mourning over Lot's wife who broke covenant. It's, stop, it's time to stop mourning over uh, Orpahs who broke covenant with you. Let them go Amen. and keep walking. Stop holding on to salt when God told you to walk. God told you to walk. God told you to go forward. Stop allowing. Stop second guessing. Stop hesitating. Keep walking. Keep walking. And you're going to be okay. You're going to be fine. You're going to be great. This is all part of God's plan. Just because somebody else's wills change doesn't mean God's changed his plan for your life. Amen? He hasn't changed anything for your life. Any close relationship that's, that's not pulling you closer to the Lord will eventually become negative in your life. You see, neutrality always goes negative, not positive. Neutrality always. If he was just staying there, he would have just been stuck with with his wife. He had to let go. (laughs) And he had to keep going, keep moving. Keep it moving, ladies. Keep it moving. They are not assigned to your future. We are in a season where we have to keep walking. Sometimes you have to just keep walking when people get distracted. Sometimes you have to keep walking with uh, with people who are not on the same page with you. You you see, as I close, I want to say letting go means I know God's next is greater than my now. Letting go means I fully submit to God his pruning of removing negative relationships from my life. Letting go means I trust God completely. Letting go means nothing can stop me from my next. It means I know my purpose. It means I'm going to the mountain. So it's time to release their hand. It's time to let go. Stop trying to to mend shattered covenants with those who are dead to you. Stop trying to fix it. 
and put it in women, we are fixers. There's some things you are not meant to fix, but you need to let it go because God is trying to do something, but because you're putting duct tape and super glue and gorilla glue and all that, he can't, you're missing, you're missing your moment, you're missing your promise, you're wasting time. When others blatantly choose disobedience, they disqualify, disqualify themselves from your future. Stop holding hands with those who make a conscious choice to choose sin over freedom. Let them go. And that's the word I have for you today, is to let, let them go. I don't know who that's for. I don't know what that's about in your life. Only the Holy Spirit knows. This message came to me a month ago to speak. And you know what? No matter what you're dealing with, it's not going to be an easy thing to let them go. But you can do it with God's help. You can do it. Stop allowing other people to hold you back. Let's pray. God, we just thank you for your for your word that's come forth today. God, there are so many vessels that have shared, God, a, a pertinent, timely word. God, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are pruning us. You are cleansing us. God, you are removing everything from our life that doesn't need to be there. God, if there's sin in our life, first and foremost, God, we ask that you would forgive us. God, we don't want anything standing in our life. And I know in the, by the power of the Holy Spirit that there are some in this room that they're dealing with addictions in your own life. And, and I just thank you, Lord, that you are the deliverer. And if we are willing, you are more than able. God, and, and those of us who are truly willing to let go, we don't know the first step to get free from these addictions, Lord. God, but we thank you that we can come to you. The first step truly is admitting, God, I got a problem. And we come to you and we surrender our heart to you, Lord. And we, we ask that you would help us. And you bring healing to those areas that, that have caused the addiction to even become rooted in our life. God, that you would uproot God's sin and remove it from our life so that there's no hold, God, in our life, Lord Jesus. That we won't be pulled back or tempted to look back on when you're trying to bring us forward, oh God. Lord, I thank you that those of us in this room that we know, God, and we feel and we know that, even even I even hear you saying she's talking right to me and those those that have been saying that in their in the you know in their mind Lord I thank you that you're going to give them the courage you're going to give them the boldness God to to let go of those situations let go even if it's relationships and people you will give us the wisdom you will give us the boldness and the courage. God, those of us who are dealing with family members, God, that are in, in lifestyles that are unpleasing to you, we lift them up before you, Lord. God, we ask that you would save them. Lord, I thank you that you're going to give us wisdom and you're going to fill our mouth with the right words. God, when we come in contact with them, Lord Jesus, that would prompt them, that would help them to think differently. We come against, God, the blinders that are over there, over their eyes. God, and we just ask that you would just cause them, God, that you would interrupt the path that they're, they're walking in. And you would, God, you love them even more than what we do. And we pray, God, for their deliverance. We pray for their salvation. And we thank you that our prayers are heard and our prayers will be answered. Lord, we just give you the glory. We give you praise in Jesus' name. I just have a couple of things I'm going to share before we go. We wanted to give opportunity if anybody wanted altar ministry, but if we're not moving, needing that, that's perfect. We are going to pray with, at each table. I'm going to have y'all pray for the needs that are there before we dismiss. But first, I want to just say um, a couple of things. Yesterday, I um, 
Bethany had told me a little bit of what she was speaking on, but not entirely. I saw a meme that she created on Facebook last night about, um, about you know, letting go and let it go, you know, and let the, I don't remember exactly the verbiage of it, but anyway, um, we have a friend. I know that most of you are familiar with the Christian television network, TBN, Trinity Broadcasting Network, and the um, Crouches, Paul and Jan Crouch, when they founded that, their sons worked with them in the ministry. Paul Jr. is the oldest, and we're pretty good friends with him, and um, uh, closer to him than to Matt. And so um, about the time that the parents passed away, as what happens in a lot of families, I'm just being transparent because they are, and it's no secret, but... Um, Sadly, even though it was a ministry family, there was a falling away within the family. And, um, and so Matt and his wife, Lori, still have TBN and Paul Jr., who always produced the programs. He used to have a program on the network that would say behind the scenes and it would tell, you know, the things about it. Um, he and uh, his wife have, have gone another direction in ministry and they are doing phenomenal things for the kingdom of God. But right now, they're not as in the forefront. So a lot of people are not aware of that. It's coming, though. A shift is coming. So last night, he doesn't usually, he's very much, um, and I think part of it is to deal with some of the, uh, you know, sometimes we, people develop a real sense of humor when they're de developing, uh, they've been through a lot of pain because it's somewhat of a coping mechanism, and they develop a real sense of humor. Now, he may have always had a great sense of humor. I don't know. But I know in the past few years, he really has. So most of his posts are pretty comical. Um, a lot of sarcasm in them. But if you're from a ministry background and you understand, you know, you wouldn't have ministry without people, yet dealing with people can be the most challenging things at times. And so he talks about things like that at times. But I'm going to read you what his post was last night. And uh, I was blown away. In fact, I'm sending him some of Bethany's notes after this message. But this is what he said, and I've shared that first because I want you to know a little bit about where he's coming from so that you'll, you'll get some of this, but I think it applies in a lot of ways. He says, it's interesting how history can repeat itself. This is my story also. The truth will be revealed soon. And I think that applies for a lot of us. I think it's a, a, a nationwide thing. We're going to see it in every aspect. We're going to see some truth being exposed and revealed. We're going to see it in our personal families. We're going to see it in our homes. Some of you have been dealing in your home in some trying and difficult situations. And you got people who are uh, dishonest. They have things that are being covered up. Bethany said something while ago, right towards the end of her message, that I can't recall the exact words, but she was talking about basically that those things that are hidden are going to be revealed and exposed. You know, the sin, the bites of the word of God, that it's going to be exposed. Okay. Did you know that in Genesis 13 9, Abram and Lot reached a point of strife? despite the fact they had love for one another. And then they could no longer dwell together. So Abram told Lot, if you take the left, then I'm going to the right. Or if you go to the right, 
I will go to the left. I wonder if you've been caught up in the strife of global, national, or familial contentions. And if you're worried about your future or your empire, while this biblical story is not referring to moral or even political leanings of the right or left, it points to the error of our human nature, always fighting for survival and thinking, me first. We see that back to the Garden of Eden, the selfishness, selfishness, me first. But Abram leads by example in the spirit of the Lord by which he serves giving up his rights to the land and possessions so that there might be peace among them. My husband and I learned many years ago in our relationship that sometimes, even though he knows that he was really right, or I know that I was really right, laying those swords down and saying, I'm sorry. What does it hurt to say that sometimes? It hurts so bad to say that sometimes. Because deep inside, you, you know, I have said it before when I told myself, you're lying, you're lying, you're lying, dog. Because you know you were right and you were not wrong. But I'll say, I am so sorry. And I love you. And my love for you and our relationship is more important than this. But inside, I might be for a few more days still really ticked, you know, because you want to make your point. Sometimes we got to come to the place, either we're going to have to walk away and, and or let them go, as my daughter so beautifully preached up here today. Let them go. Let the situations go. Let the people go. It's not worth the constant strife and chaos. Some people are not going to change. They refuse to change. And we've got to come to a place, if I cannot continue to walk beside them, the Bible says, you know, that if, if the two can't be agreed, how can they walk together? You just can't. You just can't do it. You're going to be miserable the whole time. And not just you, you're going to make every person in your circle miserable. And the most important thing to consider is those little children. They didn't ask for this. They didn't ask for it. So, so you've got to weigh all of that out. Okay, back to the, me, uh, the his post, if I get through it. It really spoke to me, so you know. Abram led by example in the spirit of the Lord by which he serves, giving up his rights to the land and possessions so that there might be peace among them. God honors this kind of daring move. After Lot selfishly chose and departed for the lushest, greenest valley of Jordan, moving his tent as far as Sodom to dwell, God spoke to still, still spoke to Abraham. And he told Abraham, who stayed in Canaan, look as far as your eye can see, north, south, east, and west. All the land that you see, I'm going to give it to you for your posterity forever. Let the selfish people go. Let him go. Amen. 
Their day's going to come. It's always better if God does the judging and the vengeance is God's. Both of these men loved the Lord. Keep that in mind. Because some of the people that we allow, or maybe we didn't allow it, maybe they chose to have contention towards us, they might still be believers and they might still love the Lord, but it don't mean you can walk with them. Only one of these men chose to align with God's heart in the midst of their dilemma and stepped out of the ring of contenders. Many of us stop growing when we prefer to focus on our own rights instead of allowing God to enlarge us in the difficult season of constraint. Wow. I'm going to read that again. Instead of allowing, we're focusing on our own rights instead of allowing God to enlarge us. He's trying to do a work in us. He's trying to enlarge us. Not when everything's going perfect, but he's trying to enlarge us while we are in the difficult season of constraint. Ultimately, Lot's choice of Sodom was burned, and while he was a seeker of God, he habitually chose himself over the God he served, and he paid a dear price during his exodus. Sharing his same value system, Lot's wife looked back as the city burned and became a literal pillar of salt. His posterity became the seed of the Moabites. Y'all, I don't want my posterity to become the seed of the enemy. His posterity became the seed of the Moabites. Both men had the same opportunity, but they chose different paths within their heart. We must learn to walk by a higher standard, which is focused on God. He alone is our hope, and he alone knows the way to true blessing. Where might he lead you if you were to let go of your ideals and allow him to expand your vision. Marquise got up here and challenged us Amen. on that level about being the illustrator. What if God says you are the illustrator? While you were up here sharing, I didn't share with Bethany what you had sent me, what you were going to be doing, really, because we just didn't have time to talk about it all. I know y'all know how that is. And uh, you started and she said, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, wow, that's awesome. That's that's right where I'm going. Because the Holy Spirit will orchestrate things and put it together when we yield to him. Because he, he knows what we have need of. For some of us, you know, I know some of your situations. Some of them I don't know. Some of you are in some very challenging and hurtful and exhausting. You know, when we're emotionally drained due to the stress in relationships with people who should, we should be able to trust, people who, who should love us and reciprocate the love we give to them, it is it wears on you. It's exhausting. It will cause stress. It will affect you physically. It will affect you in every way. Some of you are dealing with these kind of things. Weigh it out. Seek the Lord. Because for some of us, God is telling us, we've had to make these decisions in our life. We've had to do it with some people that we were very close to. And we've loved them. And we know that they love God and we love God. 
But we had to come to the place that we can't walk with him. We're not going the same place. It's not worth it. It's not even worth the emotional tax taxing that it puts on us to allow that weight to continue to be upon us and to hold us back. And so as, as pastors, Bethany's a pastor in this house. She loves you. She cares for you. My husband and I are pastors in this house. God has brought all of us together in this house. All of us with all of our diversity, our different needs, everything that's, that we have, he's brought us together. And we're encouraging you to seek the face of God. Sometimes there are situations where you're not supposed to leave and walk away. You're just supposed to let the Holy Spirit do the work on you that he needs to do. I'll look up here. So nobody can say I'm looking at them. <laughs> he, you might need to be in that yielding process and saying, Holy Spirit, do the work on me you need yeah, to do yeah. so I can put up with these jerks. <laughs> that might be where you are. <laughs> or it might be that it's your season to say, you know, I don't even know what it means, but bye, Felicia. <laughs> I don't know if that came from a movie or what. It might be something bad. I might not be supposed to say it, but I hear everybody say it. That might be what you need to say, you know? One of y'all needs to school me on it. Is that an okay statement to me? Okay. And Kimberly said no, and the rest of y'all said yes. So I don't know. I'm so confused. And it's a movie? Oh, it's a movie. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay, I'm not going to watch the movie. I don't even know where it came from. I just hear everybody say it. When I was a teenager, I was on a Bible quiz team, and I, at that time, I need to, I told Bethany on the way, I need to go back and do that again. I could quote all of First and Second Thessalonians, Galatians, and Ephesians, and I was trying to commit a lot of the Bible to memory. And I can't quote it all anymore. I need to go back and refresh myself on that when I have time to do that level of studying. But I remember a verse out of Ephesians that um, always really, from I was 12 years old, oh, it brought such conviction on me. And it's out of Ephesians chapter 4, and I thought, I'd, here it is, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye were called. And I'm sharing this as I close. I'm not preaching today. But I'm sharing this as I close, and I'm going to read one other verse out of Ephesians 5.15. See that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. To walk circumspectly is to walk with great care, accuracy, and precision. This involves taking deliberate and careful thought out steps. It's not running or rushing. And it's not walking in a manner where we do not know where we are going. So watch your step. Today's ministry has culminated with Bethany's sermon. Let them go. 
Don't walk with people that you don't need to have by your side. It's hard when you always have to be the leader. And unless you can really get yourself to pay the price, you cannot always hang with those that are going to keep draining you. It's a challenge. A lot of people can't make it through it. They end up succumbing and coming down instead of causing others to come up. Walk worthy, walk worthy, walk worthy of the vocation with your call. Let the Holy Spirit lead you about who you're going to walk with. Abram and Lot were relatives, blood relatives, but they had to choose a separate path. They had to choose a separate path. So let God guide you. And listen, he's not going to drop you in the middle of it. He, he didn't bring you. Years ago, uh, the, um, oh, I forgot the name of the group right now, but this is the song they did. And I recorded it on one of my albums. Uh, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. He didn't teach us to swim to let us drown. He didn't build his home in us just to move away. He didn't lift us up to let us down. He didn't lift us up to let us down. He didn't bring you this far to leave you. He's not going to leave you. He promised. He's going to be with you every step of the way. And if you'll let him, he's going to strengthen you in the midst of every challenge and every adversity. And you're going to come out stronger than ever on the other side. Amen. Amen. So I know she already prayed, but I'm going to pray again. But as I, right before I pray, I want to ask you all to take a moment at your table and if there's anybody at your table, I want all of you at this table specifically to pray for Candy and her extended family and the season that they're walking through. If uh, anybody at this table, whatever table, if you have a specific need, share it with those at your table and we're gonna pray a corporate prayer and then we're gonna dismiss. Lord, we just come to you in the name of Jesus and we thank you for this wonderful group of ladies that are here today. We know there were some others that bought tickets to come, but they were unable to be here. And we just lift them up as well, Father. Lord, we ask you to minister to every need that is represented here today. We thank you, Father, that you know even the deep things in our spirit that we may not feel free to share with others, but you know the things that we're struggling with, Lord. And Father, there's been some common themes that have come out through the various ladies who've shared today. Lord, help us make the right steps. Lord, use us, oh God that we would be surrendered to you, Father, so that you could rely on us to be the illustrator, oh God, of what it is you are desirous of doing in and through our lives, Lord. We give you our dreams. We give you our hopes, Lord. We give you our families. We give you our aspirations, oh God. Father, we surrender everything to you, Lord. Father, we just ask you to minister healing, Lord, to those in this room that need a physical touch. We release encouragement by the power of the Holy Spirit that those are those that are weighted down or possibly in a season of feeling dry uh, spiritually or 
feeling hopeless, Lord. Father, we speak life to them. We speak hope to them. We release the joy of the Lord, Lord, the supernatural joy, which is our strength, Lord, which will strengthen us and empower us, Lord, that we can carry on every aspect of our life, Lord, our family life, our workplace, oh God, and that which you have called us to do. May we walk worthy of that that you have anointed and destined us to accomplish, Lord. We yield and we surrender to you, Lord. We don't want to take a step or a breath without you and without your Holy Spirit speaking to us and leading us. Father, those of us in this place that need to reassess and reevaluate our relationships, give us the wisdom and the know-how, the right words as we go into a, a re analyzing our relationships, Lord. And if we need to walk away from certain situations or walk away from certain people, Lord, help us to be able to let them go, Lord. If they are not choosing to go where we're going, Lord, Father, may we be able to either lead them to turn their, to their, to their rightful way of following you and surrendering to you or help us to let them go. Lord, we surrender to you. Lord, I I speak blessings right now over every household that's represented. Lord, over every financial situation that's represented, oh God. Father, over every health challenge that's represented in this place. And I thank you in advance for victory, turnaround, and breakthrough, Lord. Thank you for unlocking women, Lord, to be what you destined us to be. Lord, we will go forth to bring deliverance, Lord, because you delivered us first. And we will bring deliverance to those that are in bondage around us, Lord. And we give you honor in Jesus' precious name. Amen.